0: Hi, my name is Mofai Kiami, and welcome to my Loon sub-series, Square One. Basically, every episode I talk about a different topic, mostly concerning social justice, and my goal is to just spread awareness in general. So this episode is called BOC, which stands for Bodies of Color, and I hope you enjoy it. So for a long time, we've only seen European beauty standards in the media. And POC have been pushed to the side and ignored, even shamed for their bodies. So now we have the body positivity movement, which is all about inclusivity and appreciating the uniqueness of every single body that there is. No matter gender, no matter how they kind of manifest who they are, we just appreciate all of that. So there's this point that I want to make. I just wanted to bring this up quickly. When people say that the body positivity movement is not for skinny white people, it's not that they are rejecting their right to feel comfortable in their body. It's the fact that their bodies have always been celebrated and those who have had trouble accepting their bodies because their bodies have been shamed or have not been represented in the world, it's kind of their time to shine. As Ariel Woodson from the podcast Bad Fat and Broads says, body positivity isn't hashtag all bodies matter. It's about removing the structural inequities that make some bodies worth more than others. So what's that really saying? Well, it's basically the concept that like the bodies that have always been at the forefront have always been considered beautiful and amazing and perfect. Even though we love those bodies and we appreciate them, we need to make sure that we're appreciating everybody else's body just as much as we appreciate those ones. So that's why the body positivity movement isn't solely for those people. I just I just wanted to bring that up. So um, bodies of color, why did I call it that? Where I'm going to talk about kind of the relationship that people of color have with body positivity. And how it kind of links together with the movement. And... So yeah, many people often make this assumption that all POC have great body confidence and it puts a huge burden on us to try and kind of fake it till we make it, when we really have insecurity too. It's kind of like there's this small hole in the wall and they want us to walk right through it, which is basically impossible. (laughs) POC are also not usually pictured in those conversations that we have about insecurity especially when it comes to insecurity surrounding body, specifically eating disorders. I'm going to focus on that, by the way. So of all the eating disorder short films that I've seen, not once have I seen one in the POV of a person of color. And I don't know if I've been looking in the wrong places. Like if any of you guys have a really good eating disorder film or mental, well, no, specifically eating disorder film with the point of view of a POC, please send it to me because I've had so much trouble finding one. Anyways, it's detrimental because it makes POC who do suffer with body dysphoria and eating disorders feel invisible and alone, when really there are others that can relate to them and they're just kind of hidden in shadows. There is huge white centricism in the mental health books and movies and everywhere else, and it kind of makes POC feel as if it's something that happens to them. But, like, it's not actually real. Like, it's not a thing. But that's a whole other story anyways. So what can we do to change this? What we can do is start having more conversations about eating disorders and promote body confidence from a young age in our POC communities. Which kind of means not being afraid to talk about these things because I know from personal experience, especially in the black Um, community there's a lot of mental health stigma and part of that is with eating disorders like people think that black girls don't get eating disorders and that's so not true but yeah we need to also make awareness of different types of eating disorders because the main ones that people know are like anorexia and bulimia but like there's binge eating disorder there's orthorexia there's like so many different ones and we need to make all of those aware to people because there are a lot of people even if they don't have eating disorders they still have disordered eating which is kind of like I don't know how to explain it kind of like bad eating habits but like more detrimental because it's mental as well yeah it's hard to explain but anyways we just need to make more awareness of that and POC communities and change that so another thing is how POC are often rushed into their sexuality due to racial fetishization. And what that means is the sexual objectification of a person based on race. For example, black men are often fetishized by people due to the stereotype of the BBC, which means um, they have a big (laughs) member, let's say. And if you really want to Learn more about that. Just look it up on Urban Dictionary. I'm sure you'll find a lot of definitions there. But don't look it up on anywhere else. Trust me. Don't. Don't. (laughs) Anyways, their character and their personality are often overlooked. A big part of that roots in slavery, in that the bodies of black people have always been fetishized because they looked at people of color as beings made to serve people, not as people with real lives and real feelings. Another example for black people is the Jezebel Complex, which is kind of the concept that black women, all black women, are promiscuous. And that still remains today. It originates from Victorian times because the English took a look at the cultural aspects in Africa, such as their dances and their semi-nudity, and took it as a sign of them being lewd and uncivilized. So, like, when people make fun of black girls for twerking, that's kind of a part of the Jezebel conflicts and it still remains today. Another example is the fetishization of Asian women, specifically in America with the history of the wars in Korea and Vietnam, there's a stereotype that Asian women are believed to be submissive. There's also the history of fetishization of Asian characters in the media, like Dragon Lady who seduces white men or the submissive Lotus Blossom. Sorry, submissive Lotus Blossom. And there's this word that people often use to describe Asian women. I don't know if you heard it before, Oriental. And that's wrong because not only is Oriental not a race, but it is is also used to describe objects and not people. Which is just like basically what objectification is. Another example is the fetishization of Mestizo Latinas, which means, uh, Mestizo means mixed, so they're partially native and partially Spanish, and that dates back to, um, the colonization of the Latin America, meaning, um, they... The Spanish person had a baby with a Native person. If you want to know, had to flex a little. I learned that in history. <laughs> Anyways, um, I've heard boys say that they want to fire you, Latina, and there's this huge stereotype that they are violent and extremely polar in moods, and like they're really great in bed. And you know, overall, POC are so often fetishized, and it's a huge problem because. They're often forced into space sexually that they might not be ready for yet. And it also puts them in a lot of situations for sexual assault because of these stereotypes. And that's really bad. I mean, sexual assault is bad. We all know that. But at the root of it are these stereotypes and this mindset that people have that makes them think it's okay. Also, there's a decent amount of POC whose bodies mature at a younger age. And because of that, their bodies are sexualized very quickly. Like, people think that since women have boobs, they're slutty, etc. And I want to note, this does not only apply to POC. Like, there are a lot of girls who mature earlier. But POC suffer especially because not only are their bodies being sexualized because of how they're growing, but also because of their race. And it's just two elements of their being that are being stacked against them. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what they are. So these stereotypes are just terrible. We need to work hard to change them. I've seen a lot of change in these recent times. But, you know, the ultimate goal is always to have everyone be open-minded and look past what they see on the outside to reveal what's on the inside. Me, in particular, the body positivity movement has helped me a lot. Growing up, I did a lot of sports, so I've always had bigger legs, and I can remember from the age of eight, being worried because i thought i was huge compared to these other kids i lived with because i lived in a majority white town and a lot of the girls there were really skinny and light skin and had european features and all that and i was really awkwardly shaped and especially when i began middle school i just kind of grew bigger and not only were people sort of mean but i wasn't seeing people that looked like me in the media And that really affected me because I tried so hard to look like these skinny people, but I was never able to completely reach that. More related to my blackness, I have vivid memories of kids making fun of my skin from I don't even remember when until high school. And even now, I still kind of get these out-of-pocket comments about how dark I am. Like, um, they call me Midnight. There's even a point where I literally insult myself like I literally called myself a silhouette because I thought that if I insulted myself first, then they wouldn't be able to do it to me, which was wrong. But you know, it'd be like that. I also have memories of legitimately pinching my nose because I thought it was way too big and it made me look ugly. Spent so much time researching how to make my nose smaller and info on nose jobs. But now with this new e-positivity movement, not only am I seeing a huge variety of people in different shapes and sizes and colors, I also see different specific physical features like wide noses and different shaped eyes and so many other little things that make all the difference. It has truly made a difference in my life and the lives of many others. I also want to talk again about feeling seen in the media and how that relates back to the positivity movement because i recently had a conversation with a lot of my classmates and my peers and a lot of them don't understand why it's important for people to feel seen it's important for people to see people who look like them in the media because whether we like it or not we kind of idolize the people we see on tv And it's not on purpose, but we've also the way our culture is built, especially here in America, but also globally, just or I'd say Western culture, the way Western culture is built. We kind of idolize people who get to be on TV, who get to be in the news all the time, because for some reason, I guess if we're interested enough, if somebody is interested enough to make a story about them, then they must be better than us in some way or that's what we're thinking at least. So that's why we idolize the media. And the reason it's important to feel seen there is because so often we take a look at ourselves and we pick out everything that's not perfect about us. And that's kind of the standard that we see there. So if we kind of expand the type of people that are in the media and the type of people we see up there, then kind of the standard that we have to measure ourselves to is not necessarily lowered but it's added more dimension and we need to realize that nobody is perfect a big part of that is like realizing that the people on tv are actually real people and their lives aren't perfect as showed but another part of that is having different types of people on tv and that doesn't mean changing characters to be like people of color and just kind of like mishmashing random people like adding a gay person just not to be canceled that means writing more stories with different types of people inside so that we can have a range of stories and yeah so in the end all bodies are beautiful no matter gender ability size shape or anything else it's truly about the way we carry ourselves and the person who we are the inside I know that's really cheesy. It sounds like a huge cliche, but it's so true. At the same time, we need to appreciate who we are on the outside as well because we are all unique and all beautiful inside and out. And sometimes it's nice to have how you feel on the inside reflect on the outside. Well, I kind of just took a whole different turn on that. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Queer Eye, and that's, like, really influenced me. Yep. So, anyways, to end this episode I'm gonna say a quote by an anonymous uh quoter I'm not sure what you call someone who makes a quote but by an anonymous person here it is my body is not flawed your thinking is that's kind of a good thing to say to yourself like if you're ever feeling someone else's judgment or someone tells you like even when you just wake up in the morning and like you're not in the best mood, just like, if I wake up and I'm like, my body is not flawed, your thinking is, then that kind of gives me a good tone to set my day. I don't know. It might just be a me thing. Anyways, that's the end of this episode. I hope you have a am- wonderful day and an amazing week, and you're just thriving. I'll see you next time, and bye.